Hello to all my listeners. This is Bill Harper, and I am back on the air, finally. I have not recorded anything since April. My radio producer at Wave 94, he's bugging me. Bill, where are you, man? We need you to come back. Well, I have traveled, uh, been up in Michigan to a family place that we come up here every year. And I'm, I'm pretty much in charge of a sailing program for a whole community. And it's done wonderful things. I mean, this was a banner year. There's a million little details. I restored a lightning sailboat that had been in the barn for 25 years, got it out and sailed it. And that thing just scoots. That was fun. Organized races, put out the buoys, recruited crew, teaching people to sail, all these things. So my my job up here is, is very much centered into service in the community for something I really enjoy. It's my sweet spot in the sailing. And it's been really busy. The funny thing is that this year with this sailing program up here on, on Grand Traverse Bay in Traverse City, Michigan, would have been scored as a great report card. I mean, you know, back in the days when I got officer performance reports in the Air Force, this would have been a banner report. And so it was very successful and everybody showed their thanks and appreciation, but something in me nonetheless was still unsettled. There was something missing and I was not sure about what that was. I'm digging for it. I'm, I'm, I'm asking God for the answers. I'm going, what is this unsettledness with me? And I had to dig for it. You know, it's like if God gives us the answers straight and clean away, we won't remember it. We won't apply it because we didn't have to dig for it. But if we had to dig and go deeper and look into what's going on in my heart, then I remember the journey. Then I remember with clarity how not to repeat it again. And the ultimate conclusion I'm coming to is I haven't been present. Yes, present to the work of Christ, present to the spirit of Christ in my life because I've been so busy. I've been known to get really busy. And remember, I said once before, what's the name of God's best gift to us right now? It's the present. You see, it's a gift, the present of the present or his presence. Maya Angelou once said, if you must look back, do so forgivingly. If you must look forward, do so prayerfully. But the wisest thing you can do is be present in the present gratefully. And this was my error. The best I can do is I'm digging is with all this activity. And you know, how did that perform looking back and how would I got to worry about all the details for tomorrow? I forgot to stay in his presence. I forgot to call him in. I miss the beauty of this Eden-like place all the time because I'm so worried about other stuff. With the beauty comes his presence. And so the best thing that I can see was the issue at the bottom of this digging was that I didn't remain present. I didn't find the gratitude. I wasn't leaning into Jesus on a regular basis because I was too busy. I asked, did my relationships suffer? Uh, seems like they did because I wasn't present, but I spent time with these people and spent time with those people and spent a lot of time doing things, you know, on the boats with others. So what was it? Was I just not present to them at the time? One more indication, it was lack of being present. I had plenty of service to others. I had plenty of play time. I don't think I had enough pray time, uh, as in being centered with the presence of Jesus. 
It's been a weird summer. Every time I ask my friends around here, both Christian and non, what's this summer like been for you? It's weird. There's something off. Everybody sees it. What is this about? I'm not really sure. It's been a weird summer. It's been a weird three years. The world we know is changing. There have been so many crazy things going on, and John Eldridge and Stephen Furtick and Bill Harper all agree that Jesus is coming soon. It's the end times that seem to be all around us. I heard something good the other day. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's this personal relationship with Jesus, which is the center of that. So as I'm digging down into the nature of what is this unsettledness within me, I'm also reading John Eldridge's new book, Resilient, which is a powerful, powerful, and it's spot on. As I unpack that and applied that template or that lens to what's going on with me, it all fit. The book Resilient by John Eldridge is also accompanied by the Pause app. It's an app you get on your phone, it's free. And 30 Days to Resilient is a feature in there where you can listen to prayers and settle yourself in the morning and settle yourself in the evening. It's a really powerful, fertile environment to come back to what we need to make it through this toxic world. I recommend it highly, the book Resilient by John Eldridge. I'm reading it again and again to make it stick. And as I get to the conclusion, there's one thing really several things, but the center of resilient are ways to survive in this crazy world. One of the ones that spoke out to me the loudest and the strongest as a prescription for how to recover our resilience and stay alive in these troubled times, the biggest prescription was love Jesus more. Bring him in every day which is exactly what I had not done in here and all my activity and play and worry about the future and all that. Love Jesus more, bring him in. So I picked up the book by John Eldridge again that I had read many years prior and simply it opened my eyes. It's about Jesus. The book by John Eldridge is called Beautiful Outlaw. So here's some of the chapters in Beautiful Outlaw that I'll outline for you. Number one, his playfulness. Another chapter, and these are not all the chapters, just the ones that spoke to me. His fierce intention. That opened my eyes. Uh, the third chapter, which is really illustrative, is his personality, which you have to dig in the scriptures to see what his personality is. And then fourth, his disruptive honesty. So to unpack a little bit of his playfulness, you know, the time when after his crucifixion, when the boys are out fishing and they'd been out all night and they didn't catch anything, Jesus comes along the shore, kind of like a passerby, a casual guy, and they see him, and he, but they don't recognize him. And he says, did you catch anything? Just like any other guy on the shore would. And no, they'd been out all night. So throw your nets on the other side. Try that. And the huge bursting net full of fish, Peter wakes up and says, it's the Lord. And then, you know, his impulsiveness, he puts on his cloak and dives in the water and swim to shore. Is that not playful or what? How are you guys doing? They didn't even recognize him. He comes in after his crucifixion like that. Is that not playful? I don't know what else it is. Another chapter, his fierce intention. Remember that Jesus is 
during his whole ministry is operating deep within enemy territory. It is so dangerous, so dangerous that Herod will kill a city full of children trying to kill Jesus. He's pretty much in a combat zone. That's why he has a fierce intention. A third chapter that I loved, his personality. You know, a lot of people say that Jesus was loving and compassionate. Oh, he was, totally. But that's very two-dimensional. It falls way short of his wonderful personality. It's like trying to love a get well card in that way. Again, all these things in John Eldridge's book about Jesus called Beautiful Outlaw. And then finally, his disruptive honesty. And that's where he's coming at me now, his honesty with me. And I'm going to read you an excerpt from the book because it's so good. Jesus's three years of public ministry are one long intervention. That's why he acts the way he does. Remember, Jesus is not strolling through the Israeli countryside offering poetry readings. He is on a mission to rescue a people who are so utterly deceived, most of them don't even want to be rescued. His honesty and severity are measured out precisely according to the amount of delusion and self-deception encasing his listener. When a soul is encrusted with pride, bigotry, self-righteousness, and intellectual elitism, as often were the Pharisees, then that shell does need to be struck hard at times in order to cause a crack that might allow some light in. And Jesus strikes with the precision of Michelangelo. Now, when I'm listening to these words about Jesus, he comes very real. He comes back to front and center of my good friend, my cherished God, who's with me all the time, and he gets a personality. So I recommend the book, Beautiful Outlaw by John Eldridge. And I went there because the prescription within the resilience and restoration that we need all right now is to get closer to Jesus. And guess what? It's working. You see, I had forgotten to be present to the presence of God. I had forgotten to be grateful all the time in the moment. I had forgotten to rest well. Even though this playtime, it didn't really include rest. I suffer from people-pleasing, which is kind of a sickness. I'm always about task accomplishment. That's another character flaw of mine. And the success, the success, the huge success of the whole thing and the summer of the sailing program would lead me to believe that everything's great when really it's not because I'm not centered and I'm not listening to God. Remember, this is Bill Harper again, and I am talking about my summer journey of an unsettledness. Uh, as I pick up the book Resilient by John Eldridge, it makes so much sense. He talks about, in a previous book, relief over restoration. And when we are unsettled, when we are weary, when we are lonely, when we are out of sorts, we turn to our false comforters, whatever they are in all of our myriad of addictions, instead of turning to the source, spending time with Jesus, listening to his voice, being quiet and still, we turn to whatever comforts us and that just goes downhill. John described that very well in a previous book called Get Your Life Back. And this book, Resilient by John Eldridge, is really a sequel to that. It takes you to the next level. It's coming in at a very difficult time for humanity. The last few years, we all know it. We've all seen it. 
Once again, you're listening to Bill Harper. I'm a man in search of my heart, and I'm describing how I kind of misplaced it this summer and lost touch with it, and I probably didn't nourish it. As I speak about John Eldridge's book, Resilient, that's the point of this thing, is we constantly have to nourish our hearts, especially in this season of dryness and toxicity in the world. Several times in the last few years here, this scripture has come to me out of Matthew 25. You may recall the story of the ten bridesmaids, and half of them had oil and half did not. So I read the scripture now. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Out of Matthew 25. Is that kind of unnerving and hard to understand? Well, look at the world right now, even me included. We, bridegroom is delayed, it's late at night, and I'm becoming drowsy and falling asleep. I'm not maintaining the oil in my lamp. I'm becoming lethargic and not really paying attention. Notice that Jesus did not interpret this parable, but it also came on the heels of all of his warnings about the end of the age. And what I've been hearing from John Eldridge and others, that this this oil in the lamps is the presence of God within us, the spirit that was within us. Again, Bill Harper, a man in search of his heart, has probably misplaced his heart. And I bet you it was my oil level got low this summer. So I've had a personal experience with seeing what happens when I don't stay in touch with the spirit, with God in me. Whatever this means the lesson surely includes for me and maybe for all of us that we need to renew our love and devotion to Jesus, our union with him on a regular basis. Man, I've had experience with that this summer, and so it's kind of the topic of my podcast as I discuss and outline the wonderful book by John Eldridge called Resilient, and especially the Pause app that goes with it. 30 Days to Resilient is part of that app. I have to pay attention to the blessings. I have to be in the moment, be in the present, the pictures that God presents. That was my story this summer. As we conclude what John is saying in this book, you've got to read it. It's powerful. Number one, we've all been softened or weakened or robbed of resilience from living in the comfort culture. I know that I have been living in a comfort culture. Like our biggest crisis is something like a long line at Starbucks or having your phone battery dying. Yep, check, that's me. Number two, then comes the global trauma in the years of the pandemic and all the sociodramas and all the stuff that goes with it and all this crazy bad news. And so that just sucks the life out of us. We are depleted and beat up. Come to point three, we are in trauma rehab now and we need to take this rehab seriously. It's called recovery, it's called becoming resilient, it's called rehab, and quite frankly, folks, pretending that everything is back to normal is not true. That's a delusion. And finally, number four, we're therefore in a especially vulnerable place right now. 
there's a spirit of desolation in the earth and there's other predatory forces trying to make us give up or lose heart, abandon our faith, uh, give our hearts to our comforters other than God. That was my story this summer. So you see my personal experience in renewing my resilience and getting into recovery of my heart is personal right now. I love what John wrote. Resilience and victory are not going to come with a swipe on the home screen. <laughs> That's profound. So the prescription to get out of this, again, I recommend the book. The prescription to get out of this state we're in is number one, renew your love and devotion to Jesus. That's why I picked up the book Beautiful Outlaw again, and it's there. For me, it opened my eyes to the personality, the fierce intention, the playfulness of Jesus years ago. Renew our love and devotion to Jesus. Give each time, each day to loving him. And connect our union, deepen your union to draw upon the life of Jesus within you. It's so simple, but quite honestly, we don't even spend five minutes a day simply loving Jesus. We don't know what we're missing. I am guilty of that recently, and I'm waking up to smelling the Spirit around me, putting oil in my lamp, if you will. And then secondly, we need to create a little margin in our life to allow our soul room to breathe. Uh, even though I'm retired, I'm up here doing all these tasks and all these sailing programs. For those who are in a day-to-day -day job every day, certainly give your soul breathing room. You just can't keep slogging on. We have to make room for recovery and resilience. It can start with five or 10 minutes morning and evening using the pause app if you want. But these are the recommendations that I'm sharing for this season. So in closing, you've been listening to Bill Harper, Man in Search of My Heart. And yes, I misplaced it, I think, this summer. Kind of didn't nourish it, didn't keep the oil in my lamp going. I'm talking about a wonderful book by John Eldridge entitled Resilient and the pause app that goes with it to give us the nourishment to stay close to Jesus in this season and continue to let him fill our hearts. And in the meantime, don't forget what the name of God's best gift to us right now is the present or presence. Bill Harper, looking for my heart. Talk to you soon.